I'm sure a lot of you guys came for the title of the video, which is something to the effect of Kanye West starts a cult or some, some other thing like that. It's about Kanye West. I wanted to take a look at this article basically written by the New York Times and there are a couple of other articles I want to look at too and those are are by the friendly atheist but we'll, we'll get there let's just take a look at this New York Times article and see what it has to say about Kanye West when Kanye West's Jesus Walks which is a song by the way was released in 2004 the song was praised for boldly bringing discussions of faith into hip-hop 15 years later Mr. West's contemporaries continue to speak of its impact in the first episode of hip-hop the songs that shook America an AMC docuseries that premiered Sunday, the singer-songwriter John Legend said, Kanye made it okay to talk about your faith in songs that weren't Christian songs. Um, by the way, before we continue, I just want to say this is on the New York Times website. It was written by Shamira Ibrahim. It is this persistent reverie and goodwill for Jesus Walks that Mr. West has banked on since starting Sunday service, a series of obliquely religious pop-up gatherings featuring a gospel choir, usually wearing attire from the rapper's clothing line Yeezy this year. The set lists fluctuate from week to week, but the linchpin of the productions, which segue from traditional songs of mercy and salvation to bolder reconfigurations of modern secular hits, is in that subversive single from his debut album, The College Dropout. The artist jubilantly recites the final verse of the song, flexing his cadence in lockstep with the choir. On an invitation-only basis, or in the case of Coachella last April, the price of a steep festival ticket, the select few present at these gatherings get to rub shoulders with the likes of ASAP Rocky, Chance the Rapper, Brad Pitt, and other high-profile entertainers while partaking of the exclusive experience. The events serve as a transparent attempt of Mr. West to fundamentally regroup himself within the context of religion after an extended run of willfully courting salacious controversy, whether it be for an unsolicited dressing down of Taylor Swift, his wearing of a MAGA hat, or a contentious TMZ appearance where he claimed that slavery was a choice. So the guy's obviously very controversial. He's had some very controversial takes, very controversial situations, especially with the Taylor Swift thing. You guys remember that where he... It was at some award show where he got up to the microphone, took it from Taylor Swift and said, I'm going to let you finish in a minute, but first I just want to say Beyonce had the best video of all time or whatever the hell. It was so, it was, it was ridiculous. Anyway, guy has some issues obviously, but he, he's actually started a church, what he calls a church. And people have to pay a lot of money to get into this church. And what's her name? Um... Kim Kardashian got on Jimmy Fallon, maybe? Anyway, she got on some late-night talk show and talked about the church on there the other day, and it's really concerning. So the, that's kind of the, the, the premise of the whole situation. So that's, that's the basis of this whole thing. The fact that he started a church and that he and people are paying to go to it and... A lot of the things that are going on with it are really concerning. So with that being said, let's take a look at this uh, this Friendly Atheist art blog article. The Friendly Atheist. Uh, you guys know Hemant Mehta. I talk about him a lot. He's got this blog article titled, Kanye West to Joel Osteen. They are attempting to take prayer out of schools. So Joel Osteen is a famous 
um, what's the word I'm looking for here? He's a famous televangelist, basically. He runs a mega church. Really, really bad dude, honestly. Truly bad guy. Um, so let's just read the article and, and, and see what it says here. Rapper Kanye West spoke at Joel Osteen's Lakewood Church in Houston earlier today, and as expected, it was nothing more than a publicity stop for Kanye's new Christian-focused career shift. There were no serious questions. Nothing West said was challenged. Osteen just asked some leading questions and handed over the microphone. West just sold himself as the next messiah to an audience that will eat up anything that's said on stage as long as they hear Jesus every few words. But along the way, he suggested wanting forced prayer back in public school, said that God is now speaking through him, and showed why someone really needs to buy him a dictionary. Here are a few of the highlights. Kanye says God is now speaking through him, so audience members need to shut the hell up. This is a quote from Kanye. I go into these streams of consciousness when I'm talking, and when you're speaking in the middle of it, it distracts me. I really appreciate the support, but I would like for everybody to be completely silent so I can let God flow through me as I speak to you guys today. Kanye, unaware of what the word traffic means, says strip clubs are involved in sex trafficking because owners want to know how much traffic they had each day. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, a lot of you guys know Stephen Hassan. He's, I, I talk about him all the time on my channel. He invented the bite model. Anyways, he is not just involved in uh, cults and cult research. He actually talks about human trafficking too, not just cults. They're actually very similar to each other, honestly. Like, he talks about like pimps and mind control, the, the control that they exert over the people that they control, for lack of a better term. And things like that. It's it's extremely fascinating and it's extremely heartbreaking at the same time. Clearly, Kanye doesn't understand that world at all in any way if he's saying the things that he's saying here. So let me let me continue. This is Kanye speaking again. When I'm in California or when I'm in Vegas, they got posters up advertising, you know, sex trafficking. Because if there's an advertisement for a strip club, that is advertising sex trafficking. Because at the end of the night, when they close up, the manager says, how much traffic do we have? That's terribly, terribly stupid and uninformed. Kanye, in desperate need of a dictionary, thinks alcohol is of the devil because it's called a spirit. Oh my God, okay. This is Kanye again. We all end up participating in the devil's playground, whether it's the spirits that get advertised to us all the time. Alcohol is, they call it a spirit. So we get constant advertisement for spirits. Kanye says his cockiness will now serve Jesus. <laughs> Oh, this guy. This is him again. This is Kanye speaking again. All of that arrogance and confidence and cockiness that y'all see me use before, God is now using for him. Kanye says God's finally taking back all the best artists, by which he means himself. This is Kanye again. It's like the devil stole all the good producers, the devil stole all the good musicians, all the good artists, all the good designers, all the good business people, and said... You got to come over and work for me. And now the trend, the shift is going to change. Jesus has won the victory because now I told you about my arrogance and cockiness already. Now the greatest artist that God has ever created is now working for him. Wow. Okay. That, that does not seem very Christian. That's really funny. And also very sad. Kanye has never heard anyone criticize an athlete. Here's a quote from Kanye. Let me just point this out, okay? This bothers the shit out of me. I can't stand this when people do this. 
he says, there is a lot of times. There are a lot of times. Do you know the English language? Why are you referring to a plurality with is? It's are, not is, Kanye. God! So I'll read it how he said it. There is a lot of times when people don't want to comfort Christ. They try to point out the worst Christian they have they ever met. But when you play basketball, you don't point to the worst basketball player. You point to the best basketball player. Kanye wants forced prayer back in school. This is another Kanye quote. The more and more this entire country follows Christ and sets the example that we're a, that we are a Christian country, you know, they're attempting to take prayer out of schools. When you remove the fear and love of God, you create the fear and love of everything else. But let me break that down, not in a negative way, but in a positive way. Reinstate the fear and love of God and eliminate the fear and love of everything else. They're not attempting to take prayer out of schools. Students are free to pray as much as they want. There is no limit to the amount of prayer that you can do. However, that being said, Teachers and faculty and state employees are not allowed to force people to engage in a religious ceremony. Actually, this is, a, this is probably a good transition to um, another article I wanted to read. I want to get back to Kanye in a minute, but let me, just, let, me, let me just switch to this real quick. So there's this. This is actually probably what Kanye was talking about. This is on Activist Mommy's blog, activistmommy.com. The title is Alabama Students Stand Up to Atheist Organization Recite the Lord's Prayer Before Football Game. In Alabama, the, from my understanding, now this could be, I, I, I'm not completely informed on the situation, but f like I said, from my understanding, FFRF, the Freedom From Religion Foundation, t basically told this Alabama school, if the teachers continue to lead the school in prayer, they're going to sue them because that is against the law. That is illegal. You cannot do that. Students are more than free to pray on their own. No issues with that. You are a state employee, and there is separation of church and state. You are not allowed to encourage one religion over another. How do you think a Muslim feels, or how do you think a Jewish person feels when you are leading the entire school in a Christian prayer? They feel like outsiders. It's wrong. You can't do it. So let's, let me just read this article real fast and see what, what activist mommy have to say about it. In these troubling times of cultural decay and increasingly rabid opposition to the Christian faith, it's, uh, it is all the more important for the faithful to be bold no matter the cost. At Opelika High School in Alabama, a group of students refused to be silenced when the Wisconsin-based Freedom From Religion Foundation compelled their school district to replace its traditional pregame prayer with a moment of silence. I don't think FFRF gives a shit if students are praying. In fact, I know they don't. I know a lot of the people involved in FFRF. We all kind of know each other loosely at, at, at the worst. And I happen to know for a fact that they don't give a shit if students pray. They are free to pray. Nobody is trying to stop students from praying. We're trying to stop state employees from leading schools in a religious ceremony because that's wrong. That's straight up unconstitutional. It's wrong. 
As their modus operandi, the FFRF used their interpretation of the First Amendment to threaten the Apalika City School Board of Education with legal action if any of its staff, especially football coaches, continue to sponsor or encourage Christian prayer before football games or at any other school events. In FFRF's letter to the Board of Education obtained by the Alabama News Network, the nonprofit cited the concerns of a parent who felt alienated enough by the prayer to want to move their children out of the district. It's illegal for a public school to sponsor religious messages at school athletic events and for public school coaches to lead their teams in prayer, FFRF attorney Christopher Line said in the letter. The Supreme Court has uh, specifically struck down invocations given over the loudspeaker at public school athletic events even when student-led. Interesting. Uh, Like many, many districts before it, Opelika High School opted to drop the prayer and replace it with a moment of silence. We recognize that the United States of America is a nation of laws, and we will abide by the current law, stated OCS Superintendent Mark Neighbors, according to the Opelika Observer. Our students are allowed to pray, but our coaches are not allowed to participate. The Observer noted that the next home game on September 13th would feature the moment of silence instead of the traditional prayer, but that's not what happened. Instead of being silent and capitulating to the demands of the FFRF, Opelika students rose up and recited the Lord's Prayer in a moment of holy defiance. At this point, it's uncertain if the FFRF will formally retaliate with legal action. Let them try. These brave students showed tremendous courage to stand up and call on the name of the Lord. Be encouraged by their boldness. I don't know if what they did is actually illegal or not. Uh, if somebody broke the law, then they should be uh, they should face legal repercussions for it. Bottom line. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you don't like that. If it's perfectly legal for them to do that, then fine. But something tells me that there is some funky business going on there. So we're gonna have. We'll just have to see what FFRF does next. I like FFRF pretty well as a company. Uh, Not, I don't know. I went to their convention last year and I felt kind of snubbed a little bit by some of the people there. I felt like I was there and I wanted to help them and promote them and do whatever I could to help FFRF grow because I do believe in their cause. And I know what they're doing is a good thing. But I felt like they kind of ignored me and didn't care. Maybe that's because of the old atheist community. That's probably why. The old atheist community was not great. I'm sure a lot of you guys probably know that. They burned lots and lots of bridges. So I understand why FFRF felt that way about them. But that I'm not them. So whatever. Like I said, FFRF is still doing good things. So I will still encourage and support those good things that they're doing. Uh, hopefully they continue with legal action if laws were broken. Back to what I was saying about Kanye. Hemant Mehta wrote multiple articles about Kanye. So the first one that we were taking a look at was Kanye West to Joel Osteen. They are attempting to take prayer out of schools. This next one is called Christian website warns Kanye West. Joel Osteen is a fake Christian. Okay, fascinating. I don't think it, I don't think anybody can really be a fake Christian exactly. I, I'm sure that they're out there, but if somebody claims to be a Christian, then they're a Christian, pretty much, in in my eyes. Um, Heaven's Gate was a UFO cult, famously, but they were a Christian UFO cult. So much as Christians don't like to claim uh, Heaven's Gate, 
they were Christian. I'm sorry. That's just what it is. So at any rate, Joel Osteen is a piece of garbage. So let's give it a read and see what what it has to say. This one was also by Hemant Mehta on the Friendly Atheist blog. Rapper Kanye West is scheduled to appear at Pastor Joel Osteen's Lakewood Church in Houston, Texas tomorrow as part of what I can only assume is a giant publicity stunt that benefits both sides. Joel Osteen gets to be near a globally famous musician. Kanye West gets access to Osteen's TV platform, which reaches tens of millions of Americans. Yeah, so Osteen is a televangelist. You know who's really upset about that? The evangelicals at the Gospel Coalition who are trying ever so hard to convince West that Osteen is one of the bad Christians. Okay, this is going to be an interesting read. Editor Joe Carter writes, Before Kanye heads to Houston, though, there are a few things he should know about his friend. The most important is that Osteen, as Christian rapper Shai Lin famously noted, is a false teacher. Osteen is a mainstream example of a false teacher promoting the myth of prosperity gospel. Well, prosperity gospel is actually legitimately harmful, so I can definitely get on board with this Christian on that point. Osteen merely offers a way to speak about such new age nonsense using Christianese, okay? What believers don't need is to be malnourished by feeding them what theologian Michael Horton calls Osteen's cotton candy gospel. Seekers like Kanye shouldn't be given croutons of positive thinking when they are looking for the bread of life. Interesting. So this is back to Hemant Mehta speaking. Watch out, Kanye. Osteen might screw you up by getting you to focus on money instead of Jesus. And then where would you be? Answer, in exactly the same place. Yeah, that's a fair point. This is all rich coming from an organization that many other Christians find embarrassing for completely different reasons. The Gospel Coalition, after all, once ran an article by a white woman who discussed needing to pray before accepting her daughter's engagement to a black man. They deny the existence of trans people. They think homosexuality is a sin and denounce gay Christians who think those two worlds can't be reconciled. The only good gay to them is an ex-gay. That's fucking sad. And sometimes they just straight up call you a whore. Yeah, I- I've, I've heard that too, actually. Those are the people now telling Kanye West to beware Joel Osteen before he gets the wrong idea about Christianity. It's not about being happy and helping others and dreaming big. It's about hate and bigotry and all those other things Jesus supposedly preached about in whatever version of the Bible these people like best. Here's a thought. They're all bad Christians. We should avoid their preaching equally. If you're basing your life on any of their versions of success, you're just asking for disaster. That's very, very true. Actually, John Oliver talked about the prosperity gospel a while back and how you it's super easy to get tax-exempt status, first of all. People talk about how it's possible maybe Kanye is doing this whole church thing so that he can get tax-exempt status. Maybe that's just a side effect. Maybe that's just an extra benefit to the whole gospel-singing Jesus-loving, church-creating BS that he's doing at this immediate moment. But yeah, he is tax-exempt. And again, John Oliver did another video about prosperity gospel, where they send you letters and chain mail and shit, and they try to get you to send them money, and they say, put it on your de- put it on your credit card, uh, run up your bill, whatever it takes, it doesn't matter, send us all your money, thousands of dollars, anything you've got, because God will pay it back to you tenfold or whatever nonsense. And so people are sending in their life savings to these charlatans and never seeing a dime from it, honestly. It's extremely disheartening. So Kanye is 
promoting these people and using their platforms to reach others. And it's just really sad. It's really, really sad. Uh, first up from Fum Duck, I have a question. Do you think cults could be good in some way, shape, or form? That is a good question, actually. That, that question was asked by somebody on my YouTube live chat during the stream when I was streaming the podcast. There are different types of cults, and there are cults that can be constructive, and there are some that are destructive. So it is, it, it is very important to draw the line between those two things. Okay, I, I wanted to just look at this real fast. This is called the influence continuum. So something is a cult if it meets the markers on the bite model. It, that's the bottom line. There are some cults that are not harmful, though. There are football cults, just groups of people that get together and have very strict doctrine and come up with ideas to spread to each other and to other people and things like that. But the influence continuum is the thing that determines if it's a destructive cult or not. Things like, does it form a new identity in you? Is the, the love and friendship that they offer conditional on the basis that you are a part of this cult? Do they encourage your beliefs to be based on the doctrine or on your conscience? Is your moral compass based on the doctrine or, the, or your conscience? Do they encourage solemnity, fear, and guilt, or creativity and humor? Do they encourage dependency and obedience, or free will and critical thinking? So there is a difference between a destructive cult and just a regular cult or a constructive cult. When I say cult, generally, I'm, I'm talking about the destructive variety. Jehovah's Witnesses are a destructive cult. Scientology is a destructive cult, for example. So yeah, to answer your question, there are cults out there that are not destructive. I'd rather not be a part of any cult at all, but there are some out there that can be constructive in various different ways. So anyway. This one coming from Trigor. Has Telltale listened to Jesus is King? If so, what do you think about it? I think Jesus is King is one of Kanye's new songs, if I'm correct on that. I listened to a couple of songs on that new album, just like the first few seconds, and they've got a solid beat, but the content of the songs is just the literal worst. Like, I cannot stand it. It's just all about God and Jesus, and it's just, ugh. I can't stand to listen to it. It's garbage. Like I said, he's an amazing artist. It's just the lyrics just kill me. I just can't stand it. This one from Devin Dotson. I have a question. What is the most recent update with the child sexual abuse lawsuit against JWs? Not too many updates right now. The thing about lawsuits, especially class action suits and things, is that they take a really long time to litigate. I think it's Zalkin Law Firm that's handling a lot of these situations right now, a lot of these lawsuits. At this immediate moment, they're just gathering information, gathering plaintiffs and discovery and all of that other good stuff. And we're just going to sit on it and wait until we have more information and then they're going to move forward. And the moment I get an update or hear anything at all, you can bet that I will be here talking about it. In fact, I'll probably be on my main channel talking about it. Rain asks... What do you think about political shunning? Families threatening to disown members who vote a certain way, like my mom and me mentioning Bernie. How do we best stop that? I don't believe in shunning at all for any reason ever, basically. 
maybe I have a harder line stance on that because I've been the victim of it, but I think shunning is always a bad thing. This has come up. All right, this is going to be a little controversial, so <laughs> bear with me through it. Um, this has come up in, in my community on YouTube, like the atheist community on YouTube. If somebody has objectively harmful beliefs, how do we handle that? How do we deal with that? Do we continue to talk to them? Do we continue to be friends with them, knowing that what they're saying and what they're doing is legitimately harmful? Or do we cut them out of our lives completely and, and just shun them, basically? Just create a, a firewall, never talk about them again, never think about them again. This has actually been an issue very recently, like in the past like six months or something like that. What do we do? How do we, how do we handle this? I don't believe in shunning under any circumstances. I'm friends with Steve Woodford, uh, Rationality Rules, and I will remain friends with him because I do not believe in shunning, and he's dealt with a lot of backlash over some beliefs that he had over something. I'm not even going to get into it right now, but I don't believe in shunning under any circumstances, so I'm going to remain friends with him, and, I, and I'd probably even work with him, especially since he revised his position on the whole you know, trans athletes in sports. He's revised his position to... Uh, not maybe not where I am with it, but to a better place than he was originally, at least. I don't believe in shunning under any cases, and and I think it should be treated the same in all cases. Don't shun. Bottom line. Uh, this one coming from Jesse Bear. Did you see some of the Duggars went to KW New uh, Church concert? They posted it on Instagram. Oh, they did. The Duggars went to the new Kanye West. Uh, church thing interesting i did not hear about that in the stephen hassan video where i discussed uh trump and everything with him we talked a lot about dominionism and evangelicals and how a lot of the time evangelicals are kind of viewed as like mainstream christianity but they're not at all like evangelicals are a very unique special brand of christian that's actually very, very different from your standard, run-of-the-mill, mainstream, regular old Christian. They're very, very extreme. A lot of the time you'll find evangelicals homeschool their kids and they have the Christian pledge. They teach them like Kent Hovind's extremist brand of Christianity and all kinds of stuff. The Duggars are kind of a, a member of that whole evangelical bit. And obviously Kanye is trying to get in on that whole thing with the whole evangelical bit, especially considering the fact that he went to Joel Osteen's church and talked to all of them. I think that uh, they all kind of fit together, the Duggars, Kanye, Joel Osteen, evangelicals more generally. And it's an extremely harmful brand of Christianity. It's like, I think Hassan, Stephen Hassan was talking about it in the Trump video, saying that dominionism in Christianity is kind of like Wahhabism in Islam, which is like an extremist movement. Wahhabism is where like ISIS came from, for example. Don't get me wrong, there's no basically ISIS equivalent in the U.S., um, there are people that are equally as extreme, but they're not willing to kill for most of the time for their beliefs, for example, like ISIS is, especially not in brutal ways. So they are different, but they're extremely similar in many ways, dominionism and uh, and Wahhabism. So. 
Uh, this one coming from My Little Anxiety. What's it like to be doing this and having such a large base of people who support you? It's amazing. I'm, I could not possibly be more thankful for like all the people that just come and listen. I was in a, I was a software engineer before I, like, before I got into YouTube. I, no, I was doing YouTube at the time. No, I've been doing software engineering for like six years, and then I started YouTube three years ago. So I was doing software engineering before YouTube. But at any rate, there I had multiple jobs in software, and in a lot of ways, I felt like it was almost kind of like a dead end. Like when I was little, I always wanted to create something that people would use. You know, that was my dream, and I've and I've been programming since I was nine. Uh, my brother taught me how to write programs in C when I was like nine years old. And I've been doing it ever since. I love programming, and I always have, but a lot of the corporate or a lot of the companies that you need to work for in software engineering are just dead ends in a lot of cases. They're just like soulless corporations a lot of the time. And even if you find a good startup that's actually really cool, really inspiring and exciting, and you, you love what you're doing with it and everything else, even if you find a startup like that, which I did, most of the time, you're going to have to work your ass off at those startups uh, for free because you believe in the company and because they're so small and they don't have the money to put into it like big corporations do. And a lot of the time, they these little startups completely underestimate what they, or they don't understand. They're kind of walking through the dark, you know, trying to figure out how to do this whole thing. Cause it's a young company and they'll hit a lot of pitfalls and you'll, you're going to hit those pitfalls along with them. The other option to working for a startup is working for a big soulless corporation that knows exactly what they're doing, but it's just counting time until the day you die. <laughs> it's terrible. Sometimes some of them are really terrible, but anyway, it, it's not like that with YouTube. It's absolutely amazing. I, I mean, there are people who listen to me as they're driving to work every day. It's it's an amazing thing that people value what I have to say and what I think and and everything the way they do. It's absolutely amazing, and I could not be more happy about it. Seriously. It's amazing. But one thing that I tell every young aspiring creator when they're trying to like come up in the YouTube atheist community, one thing I always tell them is the moment you start identifying as your character is the moment it's over. Like I, I'm not Telltale. I just run the Telltale channel. When I start viewing myself as Telltale, I let all of the cheers and the love and the praise and the adoration go to my head, and I'm it, it's over from there for me. I, I've turned into a piece of shit that I don't like or want to identify with. So I'm just Owen Morgan. I'm not Telltale. I just run the Telltale channel as far as I'm concerned. I actually said that to Genetically Modified Skeptic, Drew. I told him that like years ago. And I think he's taken it to heart because I don't read any of that shit from him. Like, I've been to conferences with him. I've planned conferences with him. And I've never one time ever gotten the impression that Drew is, like, 
self-absorbed in any way or thinks that he's some special thing because he's got this platform. I've never gotten that impression about him before. So anyway, something to think about. We have little faith sent a super chat said a lot of the Christians I'm still Facebook friends with have bought into Kanye's new Christianity without even questioning it, which of course they have. Yeah, that's really, really disappointing. Really scary stuff, honestly. Like Kanye is trying to attach himself to this extremist, dominionist kind of uh, brand of Christianity, like the evangelical extremist brand. And he's succeeding because he's got a lot of, he's got a big ass platform. The next uh, super chat, again from We Have Little Faith. Weekly reminder that Voice 2 did nothing wrong. You are incorrect, madam. Voice 2 did something wrong, and you know it did, and you're just trying to cover for their lies. Anyway, uh, let's see here. I think that's all of the super chats. Just taking a quick look-see here. Okay, I think we're in good shape then. <laughs> Glenn, yeah, Glenn kind of came on the podcast for a minute there. Glenn made a cameo appearance. Welcome, Glenn. <laughs> it's it's fine. So I wanted to take a, a look at one more article here. It's a little bit late, but um, I do want to see what this what this has to say. So this is rferl.org. I've actually never heard of it before. It's Radio Free Europe, Radio Liberty. And it was by the writer RFE slash RL. So I guess it was an admin or something. Title is U.S. Calls on Russia to Release All Jailed Jehovah's Witnesses. Let's, let's see what the article has to say. It's relatively short. The U.S. State Department has called on Russia to release all jailed Jehovah's Witnesses in the country, saying they pose no threat and that Russian authorities should respect their right to worship in peace. U.S. State Department spokeswoman Morgan Ortegas issued the call on Twitter, saying Washington was disturbed and dismayed by a six-year prison sentence given recently to Sergei Klimov, a Russian member of the religious group. Ortegas said in the November 7th tweet that Klimov was the eighth Jehovah's Witness jailed in Russia for peaceful religious practice. Russia banned the Jehovah's Witnesses in April 2017 and deemed it an extremist organization, a designation the U.S. State Department says is wrong. No, they're extremists. They're, it, it is an extremist organization. I don't want to get this twisted. I don't want to get this misunderstood. They are extremists. They're just not violent extremists. There is a distinct difference there. And as far as I'm concerned, as long as you're following the laws and you're nonviolent, you have the right to exist extremist or not we need to address extremist ideas with other ideas we need to address bad speech with our own speech instead of jailing them that's straight up wrong in my eyes as russia is doing all right continuing on klimov was found guilty on november 5th by a court in the siberian city of tomsk of being an extremist leader uh, probably an elder or something in the congregation would be my guess klimov admitted at his trial that he was a Jehovah's Witness, but he denied that he was a leader of the group. His lawyer said the court's ruling will be appealed. Kremlin spokesman, which, by the way, in case you are unaware, Kremlin, from my understanding, I think the Kremlin is basically like the Russian White House. It's where Vladimir Putin operates out of. It says, Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov said the court rendered its verdict based solely on Russian law and would not comment further on Klimov's case. In September, two high-ranking regional officers in Russia's 
investigative committee were banned from entering the United States for allegedly torturing seven Jehovah's Witness believers. Yep. The religious group said in September that 251 of its members faced criminal charges. Of those, 41 were either in pre-trial detention or prison. 23 were under house arrest, and more than 100 had their freedom restricted. The Moscow-based Memorial Human Rights Center has recognized 29 Jehovah's Witnesses charged with or convicted of extremism as political prisoners. The Jehovah's Witnesses have been viewed with suspicion by Russia authorities for decades over the views of its members about military service, voting, and government authority in general. I do not accept that people should be jailed for religious beliefs. I do not accept it. In fact, there's a quote that was brought to my attention recently. So this quote is from World War II, I believe. It was written by a Lutheran pastor. It says, first they came for the socialists and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unions and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me and there was no one left to speak for me. It was about World War II, I believe, right in the middle of, you know, Nazi Germany. And it's an extremely valid point that they're making. They're coming after Jehovah's Witnesses right now because they've labeled them an extremist organization. Now, Jehovah's Witnesses are an extremist organization, but where do you draw the line? Like, there are a lot of extremist organizations around, especially in Russia. They're all over the place. Where do you draw the line? I draw the line with violent extremism. I don't believe in it. I will do anything to stop it. It is an unacceptable state of society to have violent extremists. But here we have Russia just labeling this group extremists and outlawing them and arresting them and torturing them. It's not good. And look what's happening. We've got articles being written by random media, random media networks talking about Jehovah's Witnesses and putting them in a positive light when the, it's really a toxic, bad organization that needs to be held accountable for the terrible things that they do to the members and to society. And they're getting sympathy because Russia is jailing them. That's what happens when you do something wrong to somebody, when you commit an atrocity of some sort. Suddenly everybody forgot about what Jehovah's Witnesses were doing that was wrong. And now they're talking about what Russia's doing that was wrong to Jehovah's Witnesses. They've turned them into victims because they are victims in this case. Jailing Jehovah's Witnesses is the wrong way to go. It's not just the regular old members. It's the wrong way to do this. And it's hurting our cause. So I just felt like I needed to cover that. I felt like I needed to talk about it. Because I, I don't want anybody who's watching to get the wrong impression that I am in favor of the Russia ban. I am not. If you like what I do and you want to make sure I can continue to do it, you can support me in a few ways. First, you can support me on Patreon. That's probably the best way. But if you want to get something back for your support, you can check out my Teespring. I'm trying to make a shirt design for every cult I've covered. I haven't gotten every one, but I'm working on it. So check it out and see if your cult is up there. 
Second, you can support me by checking out my game shop. I sell controller, cartridge, and game box stands for every system from the original Nintendo and Sega Game Gear to the Xbox One and Nintendo Switch. So give that a look too. And finally, if you want to support me in some way other than monetarily, you can check out my other YouTube channels. I have a retro game channel where I answer questions like, why does Shy Guy have a mask? And why are CRT TVs the best way to play retro games? I also have the podcast where I talk about stuff I don't feel I can say on a monetized channel. And finally, I have my main channel where I talk about cults. I wish I didn't have to worry about dancing around subjects carefully in the first place, but I chose to do this as a full-time job. So unfortunately, I rely on YouTube's AdSense and on the support of patrons to continue doing the work I do. Anyways, check me out in all those places if you haven't already. Thanks for listening, guys.